Welcome to Season 2 of Passion to Profit Podcast. Hey there, I'm Nikki Milne, a high school dropout, ex-hairdresser and salon owner to PR and marketing expert and founder of the Perth Collective PR Agency. I'm a mum to four, a wife of a firefighter and a very driven entrepreneur. This season, we're going to interview some incredible business owners that I've had the pleasure of working with or personally knowing. And I'm going to do some episodes on tips, tricks, and strategies that I've used to not only scale my business, but the businesses I mentor and consult with and that I work with through my PR agency. So without further ado, let's dive into season two of the Passion to Profit podcast. Welcome to the Passion to Profit podcast. Today, I've got Natasha joining me from Whole Child Co. Welcome, Tash. Hi, Nikki. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, it's great. So just for everyone um, listening, Tash and I actually grew up, interesting fact, together in um, Albany. Uh, Mothers work together. So we have a long, long history of knowing each other. And then obviously, Tash moved to Perth to do university and I went traveling. And then all these years later, we've actually ended up connecting through business and other avenues. So it's great to see you evolve. And I would love for you to share your story or a little bit more about your background and how you came to um, launch this business. Yeah, absolutely. So I've got three kids and basically I started out when my first child was born thinking that, you know, there was something wrong with her sleep and reading all the books and doing all the things and stressing and worrying and thinking I I was doing everything wrong. Turns out she was just a baby. Um, (laughs) But uh, along that journey, I was reading lots of these books and I've got a background in occupational therapy. So when I was reading these books, I was thinking, yeah, but why? Like, what's the science behind that? What's the rationale? But really, all those books are just someone's idea written down and you try and follow them. And then if you don't, oh, your baby doesn't follow that, you feel a bit rubbish was my experience. So I really started to question, like, how's anyone meant to know what to do? And then I thought, look, I'm going to have multiple kids. I might as well um, really learn what this stuff is all about. Um, And so I had my second child and I did kind of a sleep consulting, I guess you would call it, kind of course. And that was quite a comprehensive course in terms of what was around at that point. But then as I started to kind of get into that and with some issues that my kids were starting to have, my middle child was starting to show, um, and then for later on my third, I started to really think that's just not enough. And so looking deeper and deeper and deeper and also connecting with different professionals in the space that were helping <laughs> through really hard searching were helping me with my concerns with my second and third child. And then really just seeing that there's a massive, massive gap for children with oral dysfunction, for breathing difficulties, um, for feeding difficulties, for re- with reflux. And that being an OT really put me in a, like, there's no better position to be, no better qualification, sorry, to have than to help families with all of these things. Because being an OT, you're, what we do is we focus on a person's occupation and a baby or a child's, particularly babies, occupations are to eat, to sleep and to play. And that's, you know, eating and sleeping <laughs> interlinked and they will help your baby play. So, yeah, really looking at from a health perspective and looking at the whole child, 
to look at how we can actually improve that sleep and that feeding, you know, reduce reflux, um, improve the oral function, all that kind of stuff. So it came about through, you know, it kind of evolved as I got going into it and certainly my personal experience of really struggling to be heard basically early on until I I lucked on to some really great professionals which are now within my referral network. Yeah, it just basically I became the person that, I wished that I could have accessed back then. And, yeah, like I love it. It's nothing more rewarding than when you sit down with a family who's been told, no, no, don't worry, da, 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 and you sit there and you, and you go through all their concerns and you connect all the dots for them and you see them go, oh, wow, yeah, that makes so much sense. That's why they do that and that and that and that. And, like, they literally say to me, thank you, you're the first person to ever listen to me or to explain this to me. So, yeah. I found my calling. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think, like you said, it's because of your background in OT and knowing you, I know you've got a very analytical mind. So you have to work out why things do certain things and what mm. the triggers are and all that sort of thing. So that's, you know, there's a lot more depth and research-based um, and evidence-based probably on what advice you're giving. So that makes a huge difference. And so what are some of the most common questions parents come to you with? Oh, I think probably one we all ask ourselves all the time is, is this normal <laughs> or should I be worried? And I think that is, you know, like a lot of us will have a concern. Um, a gut feeling is really what I, I always advise parents to go with their gut feeling um, because 99% of the time, if you feel something's not right, even if two, three, four, five professionals tell you, don't worry about it, you're probably right. And it's more about finding that correct professional to listen to your concern with the right qualifications to actually validate or say, actually, do you know what? I can see why you're concerned, but this is okay. So, yes, unfortunately, it's a, it can be really niche and it it's very can be very difficult to find those professionals and very expensive. I know that. I did it for two of my kids. I know, know the toll, the mental and the money toll it takes to find it. But, look, it's so worth it in the end. So, yeah, is it normal is probably one of my biggest questions, most common questions that I get asked. And that goes to do with sleep, obviously, because there is still a lot of information, sorry, misinformation out there on what babies are expected to be able to do. Um, like some babies are unicorn babies and that's just them, but that is not the norm. So unfortunately, when people feel that pressure that their baby should be sleeping like that baby over there, then education is really great for parents' mental health, basically, to be like, actually, that's okay. And then equally, the other end of the spectrum being that, say, with sleep, that, you know, super frequent waking, like never never getting into consolidated sleep, that isn't normal and you don't have to put up with it. Yeah. It's not, you know, so there's there's a range of normal, but not every baby is going to be really easy. And when it is really difficult or you're really struggling, then it's okay to ask for help and say I'm not it's I'm not handling this at this point yeah. yeah and I absolutely love that and you know I've got four children and I've had three unicorn babies that even Mamie who's now because she must be 10 weeks old she's almost sleeping through the night she's only ever yeah. woken once and all my kids have been like that they'll wake up 3 a.m for a feed and go straight back to sleep and sleep to 7 or 8 a.m but it is you know, very fortunate, <laughs> but, and that's how I operate so incredibly well that I've had three 
you know, angel unicorn babies, but then my Ooh. I've had one that had severe reflux and operation at nine weeks and all the rest of it. And I think if I, like you say, I knew something was wrong and um, the pediatrician definitely said to me, oh, no, you're being an overactive mother. And I'm like, no, I'm the opposite of that. And you know how yeah. tough we were brought up. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you never whinge, you never complain, you just get on with life. I was like, no, <laughs> I didn't actually know if something was wrong. I wouldn't be here. And sure enough, nine weeks later, he went in hospital for operation on his throat but I think you're so right in saying it's up to your instincts but also you don't have to think it's normal it's okay to ask for help and you know I think there's a lot of deception on people getting Google and people go and listen and even Instagram you will back me up here and say there's not a lot of misinformation on Instagram from people in your field that are probably offering advice and like you're saying that a lot of it's based on experience what they learn which is one thing but then to have the uh, degree like you've got to back it up, I think is a completely different level of support and help because you're a special. Yeah. And like to be, and I don't call myself a sleep consultant, I'm much more than that, but to become a sleep consultant, there are some, you know, decent courses, but there are some crappy ones that are four weeks. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it's not regulated. They can, no, it's not at all. So someone that's done four weeks of learning in an unregulated industry you can't possibly understand child development and all the intricacies of the nervous system and all that kind of stuff. And so that's where I think where that that misinformation can come from. And that's certainly not to say that every sleep consultant is educated in that way, but it's probably worthwhile checking if you're getting help from somebody where they where they learnt or and who they learnt from, so that you can make sure that that philosophy aligns with yours. Absolutely. And it's your child and a baby that you're talking about. And babies, as we know, are very unpredictable. So I think that's yeah. really, and I mean, that kind of led on to the next question is what sets you apart from others in the industry? And I know from a trust perspective, your advice to me is, you know, 100% trustworthy, just, I mean, hugely because of your degree and your work yeah. in the hospitals and your experience that long before you actually started this. Yeah. And that's the thing. So Obviously, so my actual qualifications with that, with what I work with my work now. So I have that background in the the sleep and the sleep quality. I've got orofacial myofunctional therapy. I've got uh, reflux. I've got pediatric feeding. So that all kind of feeds in. But the base of that being the OT that I've got, I can't even that up the years, but a lot of years work doing clinical reasoning, and that's really an essential skill when you're working with families and babies that recipes can't be followed. Like you need to have the capacity to modify and change and take into account what that family wants to do. It's not about me. It's not about, well, I want, you know, and this is never a goal that I have, but I want you sleeping through in two weeks or anything. It's what does that family want? That family is happy to bed share, but they don't want their baby latched to the breast all night. So that's what we work on. So clinical reasoning, and I always this a lot at uni, I remember trying to learn about them and be like, oh, this is so rubbish. And you want a recipe when you're learning. Yeah. But then as you become an experienced clinician, you realise, okay, this is what we're talking about. Like you, there's there's a base recipe and I do this in cooking as well. There's an yeah. idea. Yeah. <laughs> you add, you take it, you modify it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to make it the best. I love that. That's family. such yeah. a good analogy. And do you still work as an OT in a hospital or where are you at? No, right? not anymore. So this is your full-time business now? Yes. Wow, yes. that's amazing. Yeah. 
Find out what you need to focus on now in your business by taking my new business growth quiz. Together, we will identify where your business currently falls in the five levels, from zero to over a million dollars of income. What level are you at now? And what do you need to do to move forward to that next level of income? Take the quiz and based on your results, I will send you a personalized PDF workbook so you can scale your business to the next level in the year ahead. Head to www.nikkimilne.com to take the quiz. You know, I think if we go back to when we were children, and admittedly we're in the country, so a little bit different again, but... Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't hear of all these sleep problems or parents weren't certainly aware of, um, you know, seeking out help for sleep problems or reflux or anything like that. I never heard our parents discuss this. And, I mean, again, it wasn't probably of interest back then. But, you know, there wasn't that education around and awareness. And then what do you think has uh, led to such a huge diagnosis of children having sleeping issues and tongue-tie issues and all these things now in today's modern world? How long you got? <laughs> yeah, I was, like, as I was saying so, that out loud. I was like, that's a long time. <laughs> so I think it's multifactorial. I think there's like one really simple thing is that I know when I was a baby, I didn't breastfeed well. So mum just whacked me on the bottle because the formula was being promoted as that's better than breast. So go for it. Like, oh, right. so there was no, but there's now been obviously a more recent shift to go, well, let's try breastfeeding. So the uptake rates, the attempt to uptake rate of breastfeeding has expanded. So therefore we're seeing when there's oral dysfunction and things like that, that mum is still feeling that. Whereas if the oral dysfunction would persist on the bottle, but it doesn't hurt mum anymore. So there's there's that. There is the, I think social media has a part to play in it and the, the internet because that wasn't around when I was a baby either. And I think probably to a point our parents, potentially just suffered in silence basically like we didn't you didn't share your hard bits and anyway if you wanted to who would listen (laughs) and now you know we do that and we recognize that that is part of you know the community and um we have mothers groups and we have all those types of things to because we know they're important and then i just yeah like the access to information things like social media because you know you do a scroll past the post that might Twig something in it, in it and then uh, and then you start thinking, okay, how that might apply to my baby, that kind of stuff. I also think the kind of the standards or the expectations, again, back to that unicorn baby, that people think that's normal and I mean, it's normal for you because you've got four of them. But it's certainly not normal. And so, you know, comparisons to Thief of Joy, right? So I think that plays into it. And then I think it's the, also, we're now looking um, at we want our children to thrive, not just survive. So we're looking at ways to kind of maximise their potential from really early on. And more professionals, like professional education and the healthcare fields and things like orofacial myofunctional therapy. I mean, I don't know the exact history of how long that's been around, but it certainly wasn't a thing that you could have accessed in Albany back in the 80s and still in the street you know it's still there needs to be more of us in the current setup as well like there's a couple of um other orofacial myologists that I chat with and we always joke about like oh well, we're not we're not actually in competition with each other because it's like there's, there's oh. literally so many people that need our services like you yeah. could have tenfold of us and you no one would ever be out of work 
So, you know, I think that the professional um, awareness and training and diagnostic tools are evolved. becoming more, yeah, evolved, yeah. And, yeah, I think that's such a, you know, you're getting on Facebook and in the Facebook groups mothers are talking about reflux and where they've got reflux medication or how they've seeked help. And, and I mean, that support group back in the 80s was limited to mother's group, like you said, and outside yeah. of that little circle without the community health nurse coming in, and I don't know if my mum would have even ever attended that. I mean, I was shocking. My husband forced me to attend mother's group, shoved me in the door. I lasted a whole of half an hour and said, I am never, ever going back to that. <laughs> uh, it just wasn't for me. But in saying that, um, you know, I've got lots of awareness from the Facebook groups where people talk and all things like that. So it's just a different support system, which I think for yeah. better or worse, it's probably better in the fact that people speak up like you're saying and they're not afraid mm. to come and seek out help from someone like you and say I'm not feeling comfortable about this is there anything we can do about it and I think from yeah. my perspective I don't speak about my kids on social media I rarely never never post anything about them but I'm aware my children sleep incredibly well so I yeah. consciously make the decision not to because people say how do you do it but I don't want people to feel bad that you know I've got these three three out of four that, um, you know, are unicorn children. But I'm aware that that is not common, you know, a lot. And I probably mm. wouldn't have had four of them if I had two that yeah. sleep well. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. I'm also conscious of that as well as a parent, not because I know majority of people do have trouble. So I think, yeah, I think mm. there's a lot more awareness generally about it all. Yeah. And so tell me, you know, you were touched on then, um, you're a, what did you say you're actually an oral Facial. Or a facial, my facial. So what is that? Explain that. I've not <laughs> um, heard of that. So, <laughs> so we call we, OFM or I call it my O for short. Um, so what it is, it's the to work on therapy for the face, basically in terms of oral rest posture, how we use our lips, our cheeks, our tongue, and how we breathe. So with the ultimate goal, which sounds very simple, but if you start looking around, it, there's a lot of like so many people and children that don't have this the ultimate goal is correct oral rest posture so with your tongue suction to your palate lip seal and nasal breathing so the orofacial myofunctional therapist you can be have a dental background you can be a speechy or an ot I think that is it sorry if i'm misstepping there so you need to have a health background and then you have you have you do that extra training on top of it and so what we want to do is go, okay, well, for me, if a baby comes in like mouth hanging open, tongue low, mouth breathing, which is a huge majority of my clients and not feeding well, we want to look at why that is. So it's about kind of pulling apart the symptomology to look at all the things that contribute because the way we breathe and the way we use our face, the muscles in our face, shapes how they develop. And basically you can grow, it's, it's something called, um, you know, like this is very basic jump leap ahead, but something called like like long face syndrome or adenoid syndrome, where because you you kind of get posture changes, your mouth drops, your jaw comes back, you get crooked nose, all those kinds of things. So that and it self fulfills, so it makes it harder and harder to do that nasal breathing. Wow. And this stuff starts like day one kind of thing. So. Yeah we can be doing things from day one to maximize oral function to promote nasal breathing and get that beautiful nice airflow happening 
Wow, how interesting. And so jumping to business now, obviously when um, you started this business, you were under a completely different name. Do you want to tell us, I know you've recently changed your business name. How did that all come about and what was the evolution there? Yes. So when I started, um, I was only working in sleep. So I just kind of set it up, sound asleep baby. I just was working with babies in sleep. And then with that progression of going, well, that doesn't, that that doesn't make sense and learning and getting all these extra skills and qualifications. I was no longer only working with babies and I was no longer only working with sleep. And pretty much I got sick of fielding questions and saying, can you help my two-year-old? Can you help my six-year-old? Yes, yes. And yes, he doesn't have to be with sleep because also sleep's got the sleep help can have a real stigma about it. And people might feel like, oh, she's going to make me sleep train my child. And I don't want to do that. So when we remove sleep and actually it just reflects what I do now. So it's, it's, I'm considering the whole child, whether you want to look at your reflux, your feeding, your your oral function or your sleep, but I consider the whole child the whole time. And that Um, makes sense, that name. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, okay. Awesome. So you now do, obviously, when did you actually start this business? Was it 2019? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. think it was around then. And so, um, you know, that probably helped you pivot onto online. So how does it work with you? Can you do face-to-face or online? How do you actually run your business in terms of a, like a business model as in connecting with the clients? So most of my stuff is online. I have just recently opened up an in-person fortnightly clinic. So I do that in person, but most of my stuff is online or I can for people that want that extra kind of hands-on help with sleeper or or they want me to come into their house and see everything that's going on, I can do home visits as well. But, yeah, mostly online and, yeah, as you said, super great for COVID. But basically what I do is I get, I assess the child through before we talk. I get mum or dad to fill out a really thorough questionnaire which has got lots of history and lots of seemingly unrelated things, but they're all just helping me piece together what's going on. And then a whole bunch of specific videos and photos so a breastfeed a bottle feed sleeping crying just their face playing all that kind of stuff because what I can see I can tell about oral function I can tell about swallowed air I can tell about tension in the body I could tell about how they're using how they're breathing how they're using their mouth that kind of stuff from those things and actually it's because comparing to working in that in-person clinic, I don't, to be honest, I don't feel like there's any disadvantage to doing online because actually I get to, you know, for 30, 45 minutes beforehand, I'm just, I don't have any distraction. I don't have any kids needing to go to the toilet, you know, like I'm just yeah. like looking at doing that assessment and it's done and I get on and we're like, bang, let's go. This is what we're doing. So it works really, really well. Yeah. Amazing. And that means that you can offer services globally, really. Yeah. Awesome. And so then in terms of marketing, what do you think you've really done that accelerated growth? Because obviously on Instagram, you've grown quite large and obviously business is thriving. So yeah. So Instagram would be my my main um, form of marketing. And I guess, you know, I have been around since 2019, as we said. So I'm kind of like onto, onto the second baby kind of, um, of families <laughs> yeah. kind of thing and word of mouth. But yeah, I think Instagram and doing things like podcasts. We've, you know, like done some with an orofacial myologist in America, um, a naturopath. I'm doing another one with another orofacial myologist next week, I think. So just kind of networking and 
sharing knowledge basically to and I guess essentially it comes down to building trust actually because my dad my dad um just discovered I was on Instagram like a couple of weeks ago (laughs) oh my gosh that doesn't surprise um, me (laughs) (laughs) and he he said I think you're giving too much away and I said no dad that's not how it works (laughs) oh no and Tasha's dad was a real entrepreneur and uh, incredibly incredibly successful businessman for him he's probably trying to like you logically try and work it out and I mean my parents still go oh she does something on social media and I'm like I really do not any like you know (laughs) That's where I started, but you know, eight years later, we've evolved. There's such, yeah, there's <laughs> such a little part of my business that revolves around social media. I'm like, oh my god, but you know, <laughs> again, different generation. They don't understand, and I mean, it has. If you think from when they own businesses, because my parents also owned a business, to where we are today, the marketing, the how yeah. you deal with clients, everything has about flipped. It is incredible. The websites, you know, you didn't need websites back then. It was word of mouth. It was yeah. referral. You know, so I can completely understand, like your dad and my parents going, oh, we don't understand <laughs> because it is so polar opposites. And you spend, you know, more than half the time marketing your business rather than seeing clients. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like that back then. But, you know, being on Instagram is such a time-consuming drainer of hours. And like your dad's clearly pointed out, giving away so much information for free seems very foreign to that generation of business owners because you didn't do that. Everything was charged at time and worth money. Whereas now to gain authority, because there is so many competitors and so many like-minded businesses, you actually have to prove yourself tenfold before someone will. Yeah engage with you and pay you for a service so that's a really relevant point I think Mm. and so then you know what has been the biggest lesson you think you've learned over the last sort of four years of building the business (laughs) sounds really girl power but like (laughs) I can do all those things like set up an email address like don't ask me how I did it but I did it you know like you can do you can sit down and you can work these things out and you can and I've done it while I've had kids like I think oh my god like I wish I had started a business before I had kids. Like, yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. So maybe it's the kids that made you start the business because you wouldn't well, have yes, the yeah. background or the experience. Imagine going no, to someone exactly. like you without, if they didn't have children, that would be really hard. Yeah, oh, 100%. Maybe a, diff- a different business. But, yeah, I mean, I'm on the path and I'm, and I'm on the right path. But I just think the time you would have had in the yeah. – <laughs> so, yeah, that you can – there's a lot, but and I think that breaking things up into small steps, basically, because if you think, how do I get there? <laughs> you can't, you can't jump there. You've got to go in little, little steps. Yeah, and I think, um, which I touched on before, that moving away from the idea of perhaps competition, and certainly within my field, I, I need to refer out to other professionals and stuff like that. So developing a network is really important from from my perspective in my profession and seeing like as I said with the orofacial myofunctional therapy like it's 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 not competition it's let's get together and help help all the people and make them aware of it yeah absolutely and I think that's it again like I think you touched on it that if you want to start a business in today's world, you can. You can work out how to get your own email, work yeah. out how to build your own website. You know, I'm a classic case as well of doing that. I'm self-taught with everything I do. I've just worked it out as I went along. I'm mm. sure probably had 25 websites now and, you know, now we build 30 websites a year in my agency. But that's all from self-education and self-learning. So there really isn't limitations. The biggest limitation is someone's self. 
I find. Yeah. Yeah. And once you overcome that, and I know you're very driven like me that, you know, and again, partly our background that there is no excuse, there is no no, you will find a way. (laughs) So, you know, I think in some ways that was really, for me, that was hard growing up with. But now as an adult, I actually think, you know, that was a good thing to have that you will find a way, just work it out, go and do it yourself. Like, you know, rely on yourself because no one's going to do it for you. I actually now think that's a bit of a a blessing to have that attitude installed on me as a child Mm. because I wouldn't be where I was and probably a little bit similar to you if we didn't actually work out how to do stuff because you don't have the budget at startup to go and pay for someone to build a website or set up a business or, and you also don't know what you need over time. It evolves and changes. You know, one website could have started with fine basic, but then all of a sudden you want to shop and you want to be able to do Zoom consults and have an online calendar and it all just keeps evolving and evolving. So you need to constantly be learning, which is an interesting point. And so what's the future hold for you? Like, can you see expanding the company, having staff? Well, what are you thinking? Yeah, so at the moment I'm getting some admin support on board because that is, um, I'm just finding now I just don't have, like I want to be working on my business, working with my clients and I don't want to be doing the back-endy stuff um, so much anymore. So I'm currently like working through that. So that's really great. Um, My youngest daughter has just gone to kindy this year. So that's, well, with a freed up time or money from childcare, let's yeah, <laughs> <both>. <laughs> it's an amazing um, feeling. Um, yeah. I got that and then I went and had two more. Yeah. <laughs> poor planning, poor planning. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, having four, having multiple in day here is very expensive. It is. So, it is. so yeah, look, and yeah, maybe even um, one of uh, OT friend of mine joked the other day because she couldn't be my sidekick already. And look, I think at some point in the future that might be what I need to do. Um, but it would obviously have to be someone with an OT background and you know collecting collecting the skills along the way and whether they started with pocket of my business or whatever. But yeah, that might be something that we look at as I grow. So yeah, yeah absolutely. And then you have the ability to help more parents and I guess create a method I think that's you know a system not being a method with the diagnostic of a child but more a method of how the business runs and you know the support available within the business so it's a really interesting point because some businesses you can't expand and you Mm. know there's never going to be another you that diagnoses with your knowledge but there could be support arms of the business so I think that's a really interesting thing as well and I mean I love the advice you're constantly giving away on social media and things like that and I just think that's so helpful but for you the bigger the business grows the harder you're going to find it is to find time to actually craft those posts get back to everyone and you know um, I'm sure you come people across people that are desperate for your help and advice and to service everyone's a whole you know to find the time to service people as a single person in a business is a very challenging mm. yeah and i found I've, i mean i've always found this in all my therapy roles but you you kind of you feel for like you're like and particularly now like it's like mums with really unsettled babies or mums that are at their wits end and you're just like i'm sorry i can't see you for two and a half weeks yeah. and or longer sometimes and you're like oh like i'll try and i'll I'll try and fit you in here. Like you, you really take it on. So it yeah. would be great to be able to reduce that wait time to help in the now. Do you have online courses? I have one for health professionals at this point and I'm kind of in the, yeah, maybe something coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. 
I don't know if you follow, uh, there's Dr. Becky on Instagram. She's very world famous. She's like two or three million followers. But she's, mm. um, I guess, a behaviour specialist in children. And exactly what you just said, she got to the point where she could just couldn't see people quick enough. So she actually has a whole, you know, she's built out an old, a membership, an online course. And just from a business model perspective, it's actually absolutely genius because there is some support there if you need to wait two or three months to get into her, you go and these things will start to actually make you aware of things so that once you mm. actually get an appointment with her, you actually also have some more knowledge and comfort in her methods. So, you know, she's got mm. a brilliant business model for you to look at. And um, I mean, I found it because the head of Instagram, Adam Lossini, gave her a shout out for helping with his kids. <laughs> and I was ah. like, oh, wow. And he's like, this is who I follow for my parenting advice. And, and I'm like, who is this lady? And then I looked and she is so raw. Like, yeah, she's amazing. So definitely check her out as well. But her business yeah, cool. would be a really good example for you because I know I've heard her spoke, speak about the same challenges and now she's millions mm. of followers. She can't possibly hurt help mm. everyone. So yeah, I found that really interesting. And even she was having problems with her kids over the weekend. She said, I'm going to go back and watch my course with my husband because I did it three years ago, the course, and I forgot that that's, you know, there's a bit of a reason. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think, yeah, if, if you could do something like that, it would be amazing as well to help people because we can't be everything to everyone and be available. To yeah. Everyone, unfortunately, as much as a business owner, you want to help everyone. It's just not possible. Mm. So we always end with three questions. Um, to me, do you have any questions for me today? Yeah. So I would like your perspective on how important you think it is to when you're going to get someone to help you with marketing or PR or your business that they have experience in your industry. Yeah. I love this question because no one's ever asked me before and it is something really important. It isn't about experience. It's about connections. So you write a goal list of where you want to actually appear in the media. So it might be like Forbes, it might be, I don't know, Daily Mail, hopefully not, but you know, <laughs> you know, you write your top 10 publications or it might be Channel 7 or a segment on Channel 10 and I would just write your wish list for media and then I would actually be encouraging you to seek out an agency or a PR agency or marketing agency, probably PR, that actually has connections into those particular media outlets. So, for example, um, when I did Roxy Desenko's uh, In Conversation event over here, she is a PR agency, but she doesn't have any West Coast connections at all. So she engaged me to do the PR over here because she needed to get into West Australian media and she didn't know anyone. So it was actually mm -hmm. she was engaging me because of my connections with the journalists. So it's a bit of a same thing. I don't think it matters whether they've worked with your particular industry or not. It's about the connections to the journalist. That is way yeah. or the producer on the TV show. That is way more important than whether they've worked in the industry before. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yep. And what was your next question? So we kind of briefly touched on it before, but essentially it's about scaling and your advice on when to get those processes and that assistance up and running, bearing in mind that like we also said before that in startup you have no money. So like what's your advice around that kind of thing? 
Yeah. So we always, when I'm working with clients or mentoring, we write a list of what they have to do. Like for you, you have to do all the consults. There is no other person in your business that can actually assess those children. So that is something that you cannot outsource. But the when someone books an appointment, obviously they go to your website, then they should get an email confirming their appointment and then a follow-up to say, you know, remind your appointment. All that can be automized. So we start looking at ways either you can automize it or outsource it. So usually every task in a business falls into one of those three. You have to do it, you can outsource it, or you automize it. And so when you actually do a list, you might just for a week keep a a list of everything you do in your business, and then you start divvying it up and going, right, I can outsource that or I can automize it. Then what I would recommend when you're going to automize, if you don't actually have knowledge of how to do it, go and get a VA that does it. So you can find a VA that is a specialist in emails or is a specialist in like a software program that automizes everything for you. But that's probably the biggest time saver is it's probably not the time to learn new software yourself. It's time to bring in a specialist that can set up all that out. So you literally put all your emails in a Word document. They go and set them up and trigger them all and program it all because all that stuff takes a lot of time to learn and you are not in the position you need to learn that right now. So you actually find a specialist VA in the software that you're going to use and that will depend on your website. And then a lot of people use forms like Typeform to collect data or Google Forms and things like that. So just getting all that process all set up and refined that's something I'd definitely be outsourcing. And, you know, we got all this AI technology now, you know, chat GPT, mm. like literally I've gone from writing one email a month, maybe once every two months to writing a weekly email because it's completely coming out of chat GPT. So I write wow. in it, um, act like an expert marketer, write me an email, a marketing email, highlighting five key things business owners can do right now to increase profits. and it. spits it out it'll give me the subject line it will give me everything in it and then I literally copy and paste that into my email platform I will then read it and tweak it to my own advice and my own um tone but pretty much sometimes I don't even need to do that to be honest and then it goes out now the interesting thing my opening rates have gone from about 22 percent to 49 percent since I've been doing it so Mind-blowing because AI technology uses all the internet and the data floating around the internet to actually pinpoint exactly, get straight to the point of what people want to learn from what they're Googling. Mm. So it means that my content is hitting home a lot better than me just rambling. Yeah, yeah. So it's a really interesting interesting thing. But email marketing we know is the leading way of converting to higher ticket pricing. So if you use services and like that. So if you can build an engaged email list and what was happening, people were struggling to come up with content because we have to produce so much content in terms mm-hmm. of Instagram and emails and websites and blah, 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 blah. But this actually alleviates the content problem. So mm-hmm. that's my number one tip that I've been doing lately is I chuck that sentence in there and then I will actually at the end of that say to chat GPT, now convert that into 10 social media posts. So then they'll go and give me 10 social media posts, which then I can either hand to my VA to put into a program or I just schedule it in my Planoly and with images. And I can actually put expand on that and add a call to action on it. And then what I do, I get my VA to then go and actually take that email I've written and put it on my website as a blog. So that one piece of content, which took me, well, I didn't even write it. It took me 30 seconds to get it spat out of chat GPT has 
turned into this mega marketing machine. But the brilliant thing is the conversion is off the charts on it. It is better because I'm not a copywriter and I'm doing 500 other things a day. My mental capacity to come up with really good content and caption it. And I'm not a strong speller and I'm not a strong grammar person. So this is perfectly spelt. It's a wonder no one's picked up on it because it's perfectly spelt. I must have got an expert copywriter, but I haven't. It's just chat GPT doing it for me. And me, I have spent a lot of time working out how to get the best out of chat GPT. And one of the tricks yeah. is to say, act like an SEO marketer or act like an expert marketer or act like a PR agency. You can do it with media releases. So I've been playing around with media releases and we have hit every every media release I've written coming out of ChatGPT. We've had an article. So I will actually type into it, write a media release for Forbes on this particular topic, pitch to the editor. And it literally can pull in the editor's name from the internet. So it is mind-blowing and it knows the way the editor writes because it looks at the articles that particular editor's written and the tone they use. So then it will put it onto the actual pitch in the tone that the editor writes. It's mind-blowing. So I guess that for me has been a game changer in the last probably four or five weeks that I've been playing with it. And the more I educate myself on how to use ChatGPT, the better results I'm getting. But it's coming through in all my data that my content is just elevated to the next level. And really that's the secret is because I'm not writing it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, having the, I'm having the thought and I'm instructing what I need from it, but it is then now putting everything in my jumbled, over busy, overcommitted head down on a piece of, um, yeah, on a Word doc and then I'm repurposing it. So I think that is completely okay to do. You know, people are going, oh, but that's copyright and it's actually technically not a copyright issue because you know, they've come out and said it isn't copyright. It's just general information pulled from the internet. But it's really helped me, really helped me make my systems much quicker, not overthink. It would have taken me two hours to normally write an email and it would have been spelt wrong and grammar wrong. I would have stressed Mm. out about it. Um, Whereas this, I don't, it literally just bangs it out and off we go. So yeah, I think that is a huge thing. And, you know, that doesn't even have to have me writing it. I could be now getting my VAs to write it, give them Mm. the prompts type this into chat GP, spit it out, put it in, and I'll go through and check it before it goes out. So I think we're very fortunate we're in a new world that AI technology is just going to absolutely elevate those that are onto it in terms of marketing and streamline all your systems. You know, it's Mm. amazing what you can ask that damn thing to spit out, and it does. Right. Yeah. So that I think that's it. As you're expanding, you're going to have to be a lot more clever, intuitive, super savvy because you can't do everything and most of us are parents you know we're also you know you're still a full-time mom but you're also a full-time business owner so juggling those two it's damn challenging so if we can use hacks and shortcuts which I'm very known for if there's a quicker way to do it I will find it and that allows me to work at the huge level that we do um but still control everything and make sure everything's on brand and so I think we're going to see a massive part of that. So I think for you, that's kind of where you need to head. And I know you're smart enough to work all that out that, you know, if there's tools like ChatGPT, embrace it, set up the automations to the point you can actually set up ChatGPT to respond to your inbox. Yeah, you can actually, it'll it'll mimic you on your emails for probably a week and then it actually will be able to respond on behalf of you in your tone to emails that are coming in out of your inbox. It's terrifying yeah so you know that's an amazing new frontier and i'd say in 12 months everyone will be using it for similar things like that 
So it's endless. So yeah, it's just about getting smart, working out what you have to do, what you can outsource. And the goal is um, for you to only be doing 20% of the whole entire business that you can't outsource or you can't out automate. Okay. Yeah. So that's about 15 to 20% yeah. is the ideal business where you there is no one else in that business that can do what you do. Because that means if you ever yeah. want to sell it or anything like that, you've actually set it up to be able to be sold and they just need to get someone in for that 20 to 15% that would be a professional that could actually replace you. Mm. The rest of it should be automated or outsourced and that makes it an incredibly good business for someone to come along and buy if that's something in the future as well. So that's kind of how I set my businesses up. So something to think about. Good advice. Thank you. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining me today. That was such an insightful conversation. Now, if people want to connect with you, where can they find you on Instagram, your website? So my handle on Instagram is at wholechildco.au. My website is wholechildco.com.au and email is hello at wholechildco.com. Whole child code. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to practice that before I come on air. I was like, oh, it is a mouthful, but it is good. And now you've explained to me, it completely makes sense why you did change your name on the business because you've evolved. So thank you so much for joining yeah. us today. And if you want to connect with Tash below this podcast as well is all the links into all her key points of contact. Thanks, Tash. Thanks, Nikki. It is the season of freebies. So why don't you head to my website and take one of the three freebies I have on offer? There's a five-day challenge, a brand audit, and the new business scale quiz. If I was choosing one, that is the one I'd be choosing. Determine how to scale your business with actionable steps into the next tier of the scale. Head to www.nikkimilne.com and take the quiz. I can't wait to see your results and help you move forward in growing your business so that 2023 is the most profitable year for your business. Thanks for listening to the Passion to Profit podcast. And don't forget to rate, review and follow the podcast. Your support means the world to me. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Passion to Profit.